Hi, I'm Susie Pomerantz, and I just want to welcome you to this episode of Secrets of the Champions. I'm here today with John Ward of Brand Within, and um, John is a faculty expert on branding for Trump University. That's right, Trump, you know, the big guy. Strategic right. consultant for James Bergen's company, Brand Within. He's a co-presenter at the T. Harv Eckers, the world's greatest marketing seminar, and he's done that several times. He's the co-creator of the Blaze Your Name online training program and the co-founder of the soon-to-be-launched online training company, Click for Clients. And in the past, he was the co-owner of a really successful Phoenix boutique marketing company called Young Associates and the lead copywriter for Britain's number one design company, Pentagram. And um, at the end of our interview, I will give you how to access him on Twitter and email um, so that you can find out more from John. But John is really a strategic expert on branding. And today's focus is about branding for business growth. So um, the outcomes for today's call is to help you as you're growing your business to leverage your brand to increase sales. And you will be able to access the notes for this call at the Leading Coaches website at any time after the call. So welcome, John. Thank you for being with me today. It's an honor, Susie. I'm very excited to be part of this uh, program that you're developing called Secrets of the Champions, a very exciting series. And I would love to be able to contribute some of the experience and insights that I've been fortunate to gather over some uh, 30 years in the business of branding and marketing and share those with your listeners. So um, let's get started. Yeah, thank you. I'm really excited about this because having spoken with you over the past year, I know firsthand your strategic brilliance and you have so much value to add around brand that I thought maybe you could start out um, and, and tell me a little bit about why brand is so important. What, what's, what's the value of brand and why is that your focus? Because I know a lot of, a lot of coaches don't necessarily think that there's anything really um, important that they have to do around brand. And I know that you have a particular opinion about that. Well, th that's understandable because the word brand tends to be used in conjunction with very big brands that everybody's heard of, like Nike or Crest Toothpaste or uh, um, Lexus Cars. So, so, and when you read about brands in the newspapers, there's always discussion of these monster consumer brands. And we, 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 we get sort of seduced into forgetting that every business has a brand. We, so probably what we should do first is visit what, what a brand actually is. The brand is not a piece of imagery stuck on the outside of your company. I, I would define the brand as the living contact point between your company and your customer. So it's like an electrical contact point, if you like. It's like a live contact point. It's a very, very precise meeting place where what happens in the customer's heart and mind connects with what you are bringing to the market. Another way to look at the brand is very simply to consider it as what you mean to your prospects and customers. What springs to mind when they first see or hear your name? Now, I'm going to be, in the course of this conversation, uh, wanting to show you how this contact point we call the brand actually drives business growth. And I've, I've come, uh, Susie, in recent months 
to redefine this and, and, and rephrase this and, and call the brand the fulcrum of the entire business, which is a pretty strong claim to make about something which many people sort of tend to see at the periphery. Uh, but as we explore this together, I think we'll be able to see why that's the case. Yeah, so if the, if the brand is the fulcrum of the business, you know, as as someone who's been in the coaching business for 16 years plus, I would have thought that coaching was the fulcrum of a coaching business, you know, that you're coaching skills yeah. and methodology. So I'm interested to hear more about what is how does brand become the fulcrum in terms of the the point at which someone decides whether or not they're going to buy coaching services. Well, you've you've nailed it there. Um Let's, let's really go back to 101 of what a business is all about. It, let's think, we, 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 when we think of strategy, we tend to think of very sort of complex structures and maps and graphs and steps and you know, all, all those sort of Excel spreadsheets and everything else. I, I'd like to think of a, throwing a pebble into a pool and there's a point in the center of the circle and then there are concentric circles around that single point. What is that single point at the center of every business? I'd say it's the split second moment when somebody decides to buy or not buy your product or service. It's, it's, a, it's a moment in time that is so brief and yet so decisive that actually your entire business is constructed around that moment. And understanding that moment is, to my mind, the beginning of the journey into the brand. It's, it's amazing to me, actually, how many business people busy themselves with this and that in their marketing, in their business development, and so forth. And they never really spend very much time dwelling on that moment. And yet, if you think about it, the entire fate of your business hangs on this point in time when somebody says, either they pull out their credit card or they hit the buy button on the, on the website or they sign the contract or they write a check or whatever it is. There's a moment where somebody basically says to themselves, hmm, I feel good about this. Let's do it. Now, at that moment, they're not running through a list of features and benefits. They're not calculating the pluses and minuses. They're not rationally going through a comparison with your competitors. All that's been undone. There's just this moment where they just say, yep, I feel good about this. Let's do it. And, and the easiest way to uh, test this is to observe yourself the next time you buy something. It's a very, very useful and under-exercised uh, little function of introspection to watch yourself buying things because when you do that, you'll understand what happens when people buy your product or service. Well, in thinking about coaching specifically, the point at which an individual or an organization might buy coaching would be different in different cases. And so if I'm a coach who sells both to individual executives, individual leaders, as well as to organizations, as well as to teams, what, does that mean I need to have a different brand for each of those buying moments because they're going to be making different decisions at that center point of concentric circles? Um, that's an excellent question, and, and I'm going to I'm going to cheat a little bit and sh and sort of set it to one side briefly, and then let's get back to it. It's a, it's a, it's actually a question that recurs a lot, but I want to move out from the center of the circle for a moment to the brand because if we understand, <coughs> excuse me, if we understand that this moment of choice where somebody makes a decision to buy or not buy is the very center and the and the 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 destiny of your business hangs on that point, then we need to know what goes into that moment. What goes into that moment beyond all the knowledge and information that anybody might have about your 
business is a, first of all, is a feeling of trust. The feeling of trust is absolutely fundamental. The second is a feeling, this is for me. This meets what I've been looking at. This is mine. So there's a sense of ownership. Okay. And then as we sort of move out, as it were, in those, those concentric circles, we, we find, well, you know, we find more of the story of, of exactly why this product or service matches my needs. But we can't miss those central points, that sense of trust and that sense that this is for me. And in fact, what the brand is, is that sense, it's a sensation as much as an idea that people have. If you can check this, if, you, if I throw out a few names like McDonald's, like um, uh, uh, like Mercedes, uh, like um, well, like your buddy one. Trump, uh, like Trump. Okay, every time I say one of those names, you have. If you watch yourself, you have an instantaneous uh, sensation. And in fact, <laughs> neurologists have discovered you even have neurons installed in your brain, connected to major brands. There's a trigger that happens. Now, this is much more condensed, much more compact than anything that you'll find on a, on a marketing piece or a website or anything like that. And this, but this feeling that you have is actually decisive in the sales process. It will not in itself decide the sale, but it will prepare for the sale. It will be, play an extraordinary, extraordinary decisive role in whether the sale happens or not. So what we're doing when we construct the brand is really to design intentionally what that sensation, what that feeling is going to be. Now, back to your question. You'll notice well, one, of the, one of the key aspects of that brand sensation is the feeling, this is for me. You've got a real problem if you've got a... <coughs> Excuse me, you've got a real problem if you have a brand that's trying to address multiple audiences with radically different agendas because the this is for me feeling is harder to construct then. So yes is the short answer to your question. In principle and, in, and ideally each core audience should have its own brand and that might mean literally sub-branding areas of your your business for different audience. It might mean in a very practical sense having completely different landing pages on your website for a different audience where the language, the emotion, the sensation that you're cultivating around the brand is different. Oh, that's very good. So now I'm already thinking about how most of us in coaching, you know, once we got over the hurdle that we needed to have a web presence to begin with, um, you know, we have our websites up there that talk about what coaching is and what coaching can do for various different audiences. And we don't necessarily, um, well, at least now people are starting to do exactly what you've said. But I think that there's a lot more that we as coaching business leaders could do around making sure that our our service offering is differentiated by customer focus so that our websites are any marketing or branding that we're doing is focused on our, our customers and not on ourselves. And that's been, um, that's been an interesting thing as I have taught coaches about business development and about selling, you know, they talk about the discomfort around selling themselves. And, you know, I, I've heard you say many times, you know, it's not about yourself. It's not, it's not about you, 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 it's about your customer your client, yeah. your user, your buyer. Absolutely. And that's why I'm encouraging this fascination with the buying moment itself. Uh, 
because it's it's like um, I was talking about this earlier today with a group of people. It's like if you think about a Hollywood actor getting a script, and and they they got the part, they got the role. You hear them interviewed sometimes, and they dive into understanding everything about that character, not just what's written in the script, but what's between the lines, what happened before the story began, what happens afterwards, what happened around it. They want to know or imagine everything they can about that character. They want to get into role. This is the relationship you need with your customer. This is the understanding, the depth of understanding. You need to get into the role of the customer. It's not just a set of techniques. It's not just a research uh, result with you know this, this demographic profile and these sets of, uh, of search terms or whatever. Those are good things. It's really feeling the world from the point of view of the customer and then feeling the moment of buying from that point of view. Now you're in a position where you can construct a brand that speaks to that person in a very potent and emotionally powerful way. Remember, all buying decisions, I don't care if it's a, a, a corporate decision to buy a, a, a $100 million aircraft, all buying decisions are largely emotionally driven. They eventually come down to this feeling, yes, this feels right. That's the feeling that you're wanting to construct as you develop the brand. And we can talk in a moment about literally how you construct the brand. Yeah, that's intriguing because if it is based on the emotion of your buyer, what you're talking about in terms of branding is about really creating an experience for the buyer that that hits at an emotional core. And of course, the results of coaching, you know, that happens in coaching. Coaching is a very personal, emotional conversation for many people. And yet, uh, in our branding, we don't often make, we don't bridge that gap. There, I see a gap there in what you're talking about. So... So, uh, so tell me how to how do I do that? How do I have a brand strategy? What's the process? Um, how does that work? Well, you have to dig the tunnel from the other end. See, most, most business people, we're all guilty of this to some extent because we're all so full of our own story. We dig the tunnel from where we are, from this coaching skill we have out towards that possible customer. It's the wrong way around. You want to be the customer and dig your way towards the coaching. If you if you start the tunnel at the other end, then you have a totally different shovel in your hand because you, you, you think in terms of what does this person want? They may not be looking for coaching. They're probably right. not. They're looking for a solution. They're looking for a change in their life. They're looking for more income. They're looking for a ton of things. You happen to know that coaching is the answer to that, but they may not. So if you start digging the tunnel from the customer's end and then put yourself, as it were, in the path of that tunnel, now you're on the way uh, to constructing this contact point that I've been talking about. And, and I'll, I'll describe to you very, you know, very briefly the, the, the system that I still use, and I use it with my consulting clients. I, you know, I, I walk my talk here, and I teach it as well. And it's, a very, it's, it's naively simple. I call it the brand triangle. It has three sides, easy to visualize. At the base is the customer. That's to say what the customer's wanting, what the customer's hunting for, what the customer's passionate about, what the customer's scared of. This is an emotional condition, right? There's the base of the triangle. Up one side of the triangle, the product, the service, the coaching, whatever it is you're selling. Okay, what's special, what's unique about it? Now, let's just look at those two sides. We want a meeting point between those two, okay? But there's a third side, which is the competitive space, and that's actually a negative space. We want to know what's missing in the competitive environment. Now, if you take those three sides and really understand each side completely, you can find the point in the center. And that point in the center, and I always come back to this concept of a point, of a single point, is the brand. It's the what I call the singular idea, the idea that you and you alone own in your marketplace. 
That's, you know, and that's such a powerful concept to think about that it all can be boiled down to one point. And I imagine that there's, um, that a lot goes into that, that it's not just the customer's needs, fears, problems, desires, or the product and the competition and what's missing. But I think there's also some element, like you said, since it's emotional, there's probably some element of, um, of, of feeling or, or personality mm-hmm. in there too, right? Absolutely. What, what I do when I construct a brand is I begin with what I call a singular idea, which is a concept at the center of the triangle. Okay. I mean, I always give the same example because it's the easiest one to use. I ought to, I better, better change it by another one. But I always give Volvo. It's so easy. Okay. There's Volvo. Yeah. We know the customers of Volvo, people who are concerned about not getting killed in car crashes. And we know that Volvo builds very strong cars. And we know that the competitive space, nobody's ever actually quite managed to own safety the way that Volvo does. So they're at the center of their brand triangle is the concept of safety. Now, having said that, Volvo has had the job of building a personality around that idea. And, and for decades, they were notoriously bad at it because they built these horrible, ugly, boxy cars that you know, people were embarrassed to drive. And, and they gradually, you know, they gradually, they, I don't think they've yet made a, a greater job of it, but they gradually sort of had to form a personality around that idea. So the, if you think of the, the singular idea as the pit of the peach, then the flesh of the peach is going to be the brand personality, the tone and the character. And, and I believe in being very intentional about that. I don't leave it to chance. Oh, I don't let my clients leave it to chance. We construct, we design what that personality is going to be around the singular idea. And then, because once we've done that, we, we can then apply the law of consistency and we can make sure that everything we do keeps reinforcing the brand, keeps reinforcing the singular idea and the brand personality. And when we do that, we create a sort of magnetic field. It's like a, it's like a force field uh, that people feel drawn to. And do you find that with coaches, a lot of times the brand personality is the coach themselves or, or is it a topic uh, like leadership or communication or w- what have you found? Um, with any business based around a pers- an, an actual human being, um, you have to be kind of uh, crafty about the concept of brand personality. Of course, the brand personality is going to be uh, very closely associated with the personality of that individual. But you have to understand that in a sense, it's a persona. It's a construct. And I don't mean a falsification. But every human being is so complex, has so many facets, you can never put them all in a brand. What we, what we do in constructing the brand personality that ha- that's built around a personal brand is to select out those aspects of the coach in this case that are going to be of compelling interest to the prospective client which means gets us back to that other, other end of the tunnel. We have to be always thinking in terms of what is this person looking for? What, and then what I say to, to, to my clients is, what about you matters to them? So, and this comes down, let, let's get very practical about this because this can sound all very theoretical. Let's say you're writing a LinkedIn profile, okay? Yeah. Which you should have, okay? Especially if you're in the business coaching business you should, and you're very, you're very hot on this, Susie. So, I mean, you know, you know this stuff. So, 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 so you've got your LinkedIn profile. You don't just pour out everything about you that you think is smart, bright, and wonderful. That's not the way to do it. What you do is you, go, you begin at the other end of the tunnel. You think in terms of what the people on LinkedIn who need coaching are looking for. Then you look at yourself and say, I wonder what aspects of myself are going to match their 
desires, their concerns, their needs? Are they looking for inspiration? Are they looking for security? Are they looking for guidance or clarity or wisdom or, or you know, long experience? What are they looking for? Those are the elements of myself that are, going to, that are going to construct this personality. It's not a falsification, but it is a selection. Oh, that's good. Now I have to go redo my LinkedIn profile. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm always redoing mine when I'm not lazy about it. You have to keep redoing it. I don't know if there's a way out of that. Well, this is... <laughs> This is great, and I'm, I'm wondering if you have any favorite tools or models or strategies or practical steps that you would recommend um, for going deeper around brand. Yeah, so I'll give you a real simple tool, which I'm using a lot, actually, and, and some of your, your, uh, your uh, listeners will be familiar with it, but, but um, because I'm, I'm obsessed with the question of understanding the mindset of my prospective customer, or the prospective customers of my clients. Uh, to me, this is a, a consistently under-exercised aspect of the whole thing. We're so con- I say that again, we're so consumed with telling our story. We need to become obsessively curious about what those folks are looking for, what they're feeling, what they're caring about. And the tool that I use a great deal for that is SurveyMonkey. Um, if I've got a bunch of email addresses, I don't need that many. I can send out a little email that says, hey, I need your help. I've got a survey here. It'll take you five minutes to fill in, and it's going to be fun. And I like to use multiple choice questions because they're easy for people. And I always leave a box where they can add a few comments, which people do. And you find people are mostly very helpful, so they'll dive in. I want to get people to tell me what's on their minds. So my practical tool is SurveyMonkey because the most important side of that triangle I talked about is the base of the triangle. It's the customer. And then you don't have to make it up or guess because you're getting it right from the users. No. Go ask. Uh, by the way, I'm glad you said that because many business owners have a, a rather assumptive uh, feeling, oh, I know what the customers need. I know all about them. I see them every day. Yeah. I tell you, if you go ask them, you'll find things you, found you didn't know you didn't know. Um, uh, go ask. Well, that's an excellent point. And there's also, you know, if you stop and think about it this in, in the way you're talking about it, John, it's a little bit arrogant for us to go assume we know what they need without mm. asking them, you know, and we do that all the time. It's, you know, we think we know what they need because we're the outside eyes. We, you know, we can see differently because they're in, they're the ones swimming in the water. They can't necessarily identify that it's water. And, um, and yep. so that's a great reminder to to not make those assumptions and to and for us to go back to what we don't know we don't know and go back to beginner mind and ask the questions. Exactly. It's not. I don't know about arrogant. It's expensive because <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're you're losing money that way. You know, it's it's the, the better you understand uh, where people are coming from, uh, the more precisely you can design that meeting point, and the better you're going to achieve the buying moment that's positive for your business. And so what would you recommend that that I do or um, or that any of us as coaches can do around that buying moment? Is there is there something we can do to stack the odds in our favor or are there actions we can take? Yeah, first of all, and I, I forgive me for repeating myself, but really make a conscious effort to observe the next time you buy something. It's amazing what you'll learn. It's fascinating. If you actually under, if you start studying your own buying behavior and you have to track the emotions, not just the process that leads up to it, but the very moment. Well, hey, let me give you a quick thing about branding. You read a lot of books about branding. They're all about creating sort of passionate, you know, brand enthusiasts. I mean, great. If you can have passionate brand enthusiasts, most, most of us are not in a business that people are passionate about. 
you know. And I don't know if people are going to be passionate about your coaching service. They may just value it. What I observe most of all when I'm buying something is, is the sense of safety. If I feel safe with this purchase, I'll make it. So a huge amount of constructing that moment has to do with creating a feeling of safety. So one of the very specific things I'd look, encourage you to look out for the next time you buy something is how safe do you feel with the purchase? Because if you can sense that need for safety, then you'll start creating that when you're marketing your own service. Oh, thank you. That's a great, that's a great reframing. So it's thinking of safety as opposed to thinking of desperately needing <laughs> someone yeah. to buy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, most, most, mostly our relations to brands is not enthusiastic attachment. It's like, oh, I feel okay with that. I mean, I'll give you a silly example. I was buying, a, uh, when my, my kid, she's, she's grown up now, but when she was, she was little and, and she had a you know, fever or something, I went to the supermarket to buy um, ibuprofen. Now, I know that the supermarket-owned branded ibuprofen is exactly the same chemistry as Advil. <laughs> I know that. But the, she's my kid, so I'm standing there and I'm looking at the Advil and I'm looking at the at the at, at the uh, you know the the um, branded uh, the supermarket branded product, and I buy the Advil. Yeah. And it, and because I just wanted that sense of safety. It's not because I've got a passionate enthusiasm for Advil and have Advil posters on my wall. Right. Like Nike, you know. <laughs> Right. Oh, that's a great point. Well, and when you think about branding, I mean, you know, Michael Jackson's also a big brand and, um, yes. and we're seeing the impact of that now yes. with, you know, the, all of the sales skyrocketing after his untimely demise. It's very interesting. It is. It is. And, and we should, you know, when you refer to that, what we got to understand is that because sometimes, uh, you know, solopreneurs or small businesses can get intimidated by these huge brands and think, well, I can, the psychology is the same. It really doesn't make a difference whether you're buying a Michael Jackson record or you're going to the local baker to buy a loaf of bread. The, the psychology of the buying moment is the same everywhere. And it's the same when you're choosing coaching services. What leads up to it is different. But that moment of buying is basically the, the, the same psychological operatives are present. And it really is a moment. It's a split-second decision. Split-second, and your whole business hangs on it. Your entire business hangs around a split-second moment. Yep, okay, let's do it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, this is wonderful. I am so grateful to you, John, for participating and sharing your wisdom. And um, and I would love for you to be able to tell tell us how to contact you for anyone who might want more information from you about branding or any of the other wonderful strategies that you provide around business building. Uh, sure. Well, I, I, you know, part, actually partly inspired by you, Susie, because you, uh, you're really a pioneer in the, in the, in the Twitterverse. I've, I've become much more active on Twitter uh, in, in recent months. So you can follow my branding thoughts uh, at uh, my uh, Twitter handle is brand secrets. It's fairly easy to remember brand secrets and uh, and you can find uh, myself and my colleague uh, James Bergen at brandwithin.com brandwithin.com and we've just redone the website uh, which I think we're rightly rather proud of so go and have a look at the uh, we've got some good educational content now so uh, brandwithin.com and uh, if this isn't too much information I'm simply john j-o-n at brandwithin.com Wonderful. Thank you so much. And do you have any parting thoughts or any last? Well, uh, yes, I, I actually I, I want to just put in a word for your profession, because I have been blessed with um, exceptional coaches in my 
career, and I, I'm, a, I'm a great believer in the value of coaching. I, I need mentors. I turn to mentors. I, I, I draw on mentors and coaches of one kind or another continuously. So I know that the economy is tough and that the, the challenges of business development are greater right now. So I, I, but I, I want to sort of just remind you, coach, of the value of what it is you bring to people like myself and press on because we do need what you have. You might have to think a little bit more deeply about how we are articulating that need and how we're expressing it and how you meet it uh, in the way you construct your brand. But the need is there more than ever. And also how you raise a good point about difficult economic climate too, how we make it safe in a difficult economic climate is something else we can be thinking more about. So thank you so much. You got it. John, it's a delight to talk with you. I really appreciate your wisdom. And um, thank you to thank you for listening, listen, dear listener. And I look forward to your comments. And um, remember that you can find the notes at the leaders, the, the leading coaches website. And I look forward to seeing you all soon. Take care.